Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric. And I'm Teg. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, we want to welcome Dan to the show. Dan is, um, well, he's from the Supreme Resort, Scraping the Vault, and the recently revived Dan Hates the Beatles. Dan. Hi, I'm Dan, and I'm real and cool, just like you. (laughs) (laughs) Also joining us this week is late-entry Disney nerd, Christy. Christy, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I am also real, but maybe not as real as Dan. Oh, Dan Dan is the realest of reals. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us. Let's start off with our first question from Eric. All right, everybody. What Disney memorabilia did you treasure as a kid, and what do you still have? I'm not huge on memorabilia. Never have been, really. And after several moves to different places, I've kind of eliminated a lot of things, like things, things in my life. However, one thing that I have a lot of, uh, since something that brings me joy, as that person who wrote that book might say, is the the nineteen eighty six or somewhere around eighty six eighty nine the gray Disneyland pictorial book, you know the one that's like weirdly like a landscape format. Yes, that's the one. Tag has it. That very one. Um, <laughs> nice. That thing got me through so many ridiculously boring elementary school classes. And my teachers at that point had been beaten into submission by my awful behavior, and they just let me get away with it. And it was wonderful. I also somewhere have a very old pull string Mickey Mouse talking thing. I tried to look for it. I don't know where it is. I could have just thrown it in the trash. But uh, And it, it was – it just – you hear the flapping sound of the of the head more than anything, but then it says delightful things that we all know that uh, Mickey Mouse is known for saying, like, "How about some cheese, please?" <laughs> you know his his catchphrases, his famous catchphrase, his catchphrases. Yes, so yeah, that's uh, that's. That's it for me. How about, uh, Tag, how about you? I mean, for those of you on the panel who can see my camera, I obviously don't have any Disney items whatsoever. Or the fact that I was able to whip out the same pictorial souvenir guidebook that Dan was just talking about. Within seconds. Uh, Yeah, because I know that it's uh, right behind me. I will say that the guidebooks, Dan, I am with you. And I was also, uh, I know somebody else is going to talk about it later, but the park maps, like the big park maps, mm. and Disney doesn't really sell either of those anymore for no. unknown reasons. Bring it back, Disney. What the heck? Otherwise, outside the parks, I had like the entire Lion King toy line. I had the Pride Rock and all the little things, and that was kind of a big collection for me, I guess, for for Disney stuff. But yeah, when it comes to um, when it comes to Disney Park stuff, the the guidebooks and the maps, I I don't and pins, but I don't know if like that would be like that's just kind of like a category, not really a uh, specific item. So I figured some would say it's a lifestyle at this point. It is kind of a lifestyle, <laughs> although it seems like they're fa- not phasing it out, but it seems like it's not quite there. For a while there, I felt like they were just pumping designs of of pins out, and they're not really doing that 
so much as anymore, especially right after the pandemic, which is probably a supply chain issue of, I think the first two or three trips after the pandemic ended that I went, I was like, these are all the same pins that have been here the last two times I've been here. Um, so anyway, uh, what about you, Christy? So as you heard, I was a late entry Disney nerd. I didn't hit a Disney park until I was 19. So childhood is a huge stretch for me, but uh, my family did. And by family, I mean, my husband, myself, his parents and grandparents all went to Disney World in 1996. So I was able to score a 25-year ticket and pen set, and I still have it. So it's pretty cool. But again, inside the parks, we don't have a lot. Outside the parks, we are lithograph junkies. We have tons of Star Wars stuff around. We have a nerd bar. So yeah, but inside the parks, um, we're usually there just to have fun with friends and ride rides and not really don't really do a lot of shopping. So I'm supposed to toss it back to Eric. All right. I always love the park maps. I'm the one Tag is, is referring to. I don't know that I I'd have to search around my my parents' house. They're probably in a box somewhere because I kept I was the one who had to have the park map because I'd unfold it at the drop of a hat and go, we need to go that way. And but yeah, I was the one who was always navigating the parks. So I really loved having those maps and I'd unfold them and look at them and go, wow, that's so cool. And then I'd compare them to the old park maps and say that was new. I knew it. And yeah, especially once MGM opened up, I really loved looking at that one because that was kind of when I really got sold on things down there. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure if, if I still have too many of those. I don't know what happened to my old Figment plush. I loved my my Figment plush that I got back when that was first coming out in, in Epcot. I did start collecting pins in the 90s just in general as a vacation thing because you could usually find a pin for a place that was just as expensive as anything else, but somewhat more durable than a hat or a t-shirt. And in fact, I do have this super boss hat that I got when I was a teenager that is... It's an Outback-style green hat with with a leather strap. It reads Walt Disney World, and it has pins of the Fab Five. And I stuck a few more pins on there from my anniversary because I still had this hat. And I made sure that when I moved, I took the hat with, and my mother wants to know why I didn't take the rest of my stuff. Were the pins on that hat, did the, did the Fab Five come with the hat? Yes, it, they came oh, with cool. the hat, which is what drew me to the hat, because it was a very cool hat for a teenager to be wearing in the 90s, <laughs> and it had five cool pins on it. But um, that wraps up our first question. So, Dan, let's go to your question next. Okay. So I guess we're, this is kind of sticking with the theme of nostalgia. What seemingly insign- insignificant detail, which is now gone, do you miss from any of the parks more than, like, a normal, sane, non-Disney nerd person could understand. <laughs> and I picked Tag to answer first. I will say that you said any normal, sane person. I'm like, well, that'd be like any detail because most people go and go, hey, my <laughs> true. attraction okay, that like is true. still here. But anyway. Uh, I okay, the casual, the casual visitor. How about that? Sure. <laughs> I don't know if it counts, but I would say that one thing that I miss is I don't think, I guess it's, I don't know if it's insignificant or not, but I'd say breakfast at Riverbell Terrace. They had these breakfast potatoes that I longed for the recipe for because they were just so perfect. Beyond that, something more people might 
care more about. I would say the old entrance to Disneyland, we had a trivia question on DL Weekly last week that was uh, talking about the old marquee sign before DCA was built and how iconic it was. And so I feel like the one that's there now Mm -hmm. is not nearly as spectacular on Harbor. It feels very understated. So I kind of miss that. You know, there was two things when I was a kid. We go to Disneyland. It was from the freeway. We'd see the Matterhorn. And that was you knew you were getting close. And then you'd drive down Harbor and you'd see the giant Disneyland sign with the with the marquee that would change, you know, whatever was going on and tell you what time the electrical parade was, whatever. I miss that. And I, I, I think most people don't really care. They're like, it's just a sign. Who cares? But for me, I couldn't think of any like minute detail of something that was gone because everything I feel like once I started paying attention to the minute details, that's more recent. And a lot of that stuff hasn't gone anywhere. So what about you, Christy? Hopefully you have a better answer than I did. Well, I don't know about that. Mine's probably based on the time that these things were happening. So my husband and I got married. Obviously. Hello. Get married. Okay. So we went to um, Disney World for our honeymoon. And while we were there, we were going to do all the Disney stuff. So we ate in the castle. We ate at the Brown Derby. We hung on to the umbrella. I mean, we did all the Disney stuff. So the things that I really miss are like when we went to the Brown Derby, our drinks came with a chocolate Brown Derby on the drink. Like it was part of the drink. When we ate at the castle, when the butter came out with the rolls, it was Mickey Mouse, like a 3D Mickey Mouse. So they just don't do stuff like that anymore in a lot of places. Um, recently, I ate at Napa Rose for um, Brandy's birthday, though, and the cappuccino did come out with a Minnie Mouse on top of the foam. But they just don't do that little detail stuff anymore with, like, food and drink. It's just something I kind of miss because it used to make the food so Disney, and now it's just kind of food. So... All right. I think I'm supposed to throw it to Eric. What do you think? Well, I think that I saw Disney butter at the Disneyland Hotel when I was recently there. And uh, sorry, that Mickey's Mickey shaped butter, not Disneyland butter. Of course, it was Disneyland butter. (laughs) Mickey shaped butter and Mickey shaped little pads of brown sugar for the oatmeal. Oh, oh, very cool. So that was just not looking in the right places. Eric, well, you, you you finally convinced me that I need to stay on property because that's what I've been missing my whole life is Mickey-shaped butter. <laughs> D- would it maybe dissuade you if I said it was at club level only? Oh, I'm going back to my original statement. In regular places, kitchen. no Mickey butter. <laughs> uh, Dan's eaten at Goofy's Kitchen recently. I don't know. I have. The Pozzoli's really good. I, okay. I didn't look for butter or brown sugar. But, okay. hey, good news. You get some brown sugar and just lump it into three circles. That's a Mickey. It's there you go. Wow. Didn't make you right in front of you. Disney fans rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Well, my detail, I guess it's insignificant to the casual guest, but it's not insignificant in the way that it, the parks were designed is the importance of the Ticket and Transportation Center at Walt Disney World. It's this huge concept. It doesn't need to exist anymore, really, because nobody walks up to Walt Disney World and needs tickets. People seem to do it all the time at Disneyland, and I'm not sure why. I don't know what they're really doing, especially these days where you can't walk into the park. You you still need a reservation, so fingers crossed you can get in that day. But the reason that the Ticket and Transportation Center is important now is because it was designed to create a an additional gateway to, quote, the magic. You're going through a parking lot, which is completely mundane and normal and enormous, 
and you get through the ticket area and then you board either a monorail or a ferry and you start heading across this lagoon that was designed to increase the anticipation of getting to the Magic Kingdom. You see the castle off in the distance and it builds that level of excitement as you go. And if you're just visiting by car, sure, you have to park there and you still have to do that. If you're going to most of the resorts, you're going to take a bus that goes right up to the front gate of the Magic Kingdom because they said, you know, what's really hard is getting this many people onto a boat in the morning. How about we just (laughs) drop them off at the gate? And it's something that happened many years ago. And I don't know. I'm not even sure when I noticed it. I'm going to have to do a deep dive on on transportation around around the resort someday because... I mean, I remember those times when you'd get there and you'd have to go in that way, but I never really stayed on property until, you know, 15 years ago. And then that's when the buses were pulling up. I think it was somewhere around then where somewhere in that interim, they just said, this is getting to be an awful lot of people. How about we how about we just ignore that concept? It's been long enough. People are fine. They know what they're getting here. And it's it's kind of sad. It's sure it's more convenient, but. It does feel a little less, a um, little less exciting going into the Magic Kingdom now. I love, I love taking the ferry over. I will say for anybody who's listening to this podcast who has not been to the Magic Kingdom at Disney World, when slash if you go, the ferry is the way to go. I, for years, I was very anti Disney World because it got everything in Disneyland kind of got squandered for a lot of time. So when Eisner kind of came in in the early, you know late 80s, early 90s, there was a ton of expansion at Disney World, and they kind of put all of their marketing and stuff into that. So I kind of had a, a, a beef with Disney World for a long time. But the first time I went to Disney World, and I got on the, I got on the ferry boat, and we rounded, because there's kind of an island in the way that you can't see yeah. the Magic Kingdom when you get on the ferry boat. And as you just go around that and the castle off in the distance... It was ma- it was magical. I was I was like, okay, I get it now. I can't be bad at you. This is amazing. I I can confirm that, and I I think everything in me would normally want to do the monorail because it's like it's the monorail. It's Disney World. That's what it's. That's what you're going to use it for its intended purpose. And it took me several visits before I thought it through. And it takes basically the same amount of time. And it's definitely the way to arrive. How you leave doesn't matter. True. Yeah. Just get out of there. Get out. Just get out. <laughs> Just get out immediately. Yeah, the ferry is way better. I agree. All right, Dan, your thoughts? Well, first of all, Tag, I have good news for you because at the River Bell Terrace, breakfast is back. When did that? Oh, happen? it's back. It's back, baby. <laughs> Happens a couple months ago, actually. Oh. Yeah. And good luck. Do they have the breakfast potatoes? That's the question. I miss the potatoes of some sort. Okay. Uh, If I wasn't waiting for a pending Instacart order, I would totally look it up. But they, I know they have biscuits and gravy. They, I'm sure they have some. They, I don't know if it's the potatoes, but they have some kind of potatoes. And while you look that up, I'm going to answer my own question, which is that in New Orleans Square, and I think one of the reasons why I miss it so much is because I discovered it right before it closed, like forever. In New Orleans Square, there used to be this very, very tiny pastry shop in between the Crystal Arts Store and Cafe Orleans, like in that back place, kind of facing the perfume store. And they had the most wonderful little pies and little pastries. And it was such a delight in the morning to get a 
pecan pie in New Orleans Square while everyone else is running around like crazy people. And they would almost always close by like one o'clock because they would sell out. And it was just like this little hidden gem that like just it was almost like I had I had to look it up. In fact, a couple weeks ago to just think like, did I dream that like i like <laughs> like we all kind of think that the guy on pirates of the caribbean on the porch like had a dog at some point like it's like one of those memories but like it actually existed and uh, no lie every every time i go there without fail if i rope drop at that point where it's like okay i went on two things i'm ready to you know relax for just a, a little bit i'm like i want pecan pie right there it's not there all right yeah that would have been cool Fake news, Dan. Fake news. Hmm? Wow. Uh, breakfast is not offered right now. What? At, at there. And, but I did look and, oh, at all who has a list of restaurants. As of August 2022, yeah. they did have breakfast because that's the last time right. they updated the menu on this. But sometime between August and right now, they got rid of it again. I, I, as I've been saying, Iger is destroying this company and we need Bob Chapek back. <laughs> Chapekshirt.com. <laughs> yes. Um, oh man. That I, I don't remember that pie shop, but I wish I would have known it. It sounds delightful. Well, that's two questions down, which means we've reached our halfway point. If you like listening to our show, and I apologize once again for having a break, but it was the holidays. We should now be back on our two-week schedule. If you want to help support the show and keep us on task, which is very difficult sometimes, uh, please head on over to thehubcrawl.com slash support. And for as little as $5 a month, you can support the show and make sure that we are able to uh, pay the bills so we can actually just, uh, you know... Put the audio files out there for you guys, that kind of stuff. And it kind of encourages us to, you know, make sure that we're cognizant of that there are listeners and that uh, we uh, need to put out an episode every two weeks like we plan. (laughs) But life sometimes gets in the way. Anyway, thank you all who are supporting us and thank you all for listening. All right. Well, I thought that this was I didn't I didn't realize there were audio files. I thought we had to do this live every time. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. You know how they make cartoons, right, Eric? <laughs> yes, very quickly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Time to get back to the questions. Let's hear what Tag has for us this week. So, I this is actually one that when we recorded our last episode, as people were talking about things, I was like, that'd be a good hub crawl question. I should write it down. And so I did. And then when it came for me to put the question in, I was like, I have that question written down. And my question is if you had to axe or get rid of one land or attraction, what would it be and why? Christy, what would you get rid of if you had to get rid of a land or an attraction? Well, I'm probably going to have to turn my ears in for this one, but it is definitely a small world. I am oh. terrified of dolls. I'm terrified of their scary eyes. That song is not my jam. I have written it one time in 1994. I will never write it again. And I am so sorry to those of you who love it, but it's a small world. If it dropped off the planet into a sinkhole, I would not be sad. So mine is definitely it's a small world. You know, Christy, I have to challenge you that Uh-oh. you should ride It's a Small World Holiday. Oh, I don't. Unless the song Oddly is enough, different. The, the, song is, that. the song is half different. It's Jingle mm-hmm. Bells, Jingle Bells, and then they kind of 
transition to It's a Small World and then back to Jingle Bells? Maybe if I could do it like with some anti-anxiety medication and lots of therapy afterwards, because I'm sure they don't call the scary dolls out. No. But there is one in a wheelchair now. One. Oh, well, that's great. Now we have a scary wheelchair doll. <laughs> that's diversity. When you have one now person can, in the wheelchair. Well, now they can come get you faster. That's just the point, right? <laughs> just roll up on you scary-like. So what you're saying is for Halloween, they need to do like a like a Halloween Horror Nights version of, of It's no. a Small World. Yeah, I think I made it through Halloween Horror Nights once in Toronto, and um, I think we were there for 20 minutes, and I looked at my uh, then-boyfriend and said, if we don't go home, I'm going to punch one of these guys, and we're going to have to go to jail in Canada, which is probably pretty nice. <laughs> Free Small dental. world. Small world right? Halloween presented by Megan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what are you going to ask? Uh well, um, I, I I'm looking at that weird Disney Junior Land in Hollywood Studios. It's it's right off their quote hub. I'm, t- I'm talking to Teg and Dan, who don't who probably can't pull this up off the top of their head. Christy probably will get it. It's it's that area you you head into the main section of Hollywood Studios. If you take a hard right, you head down uh, Buena Vista Street um, or oh. no Hollywood Boulevard. If you take a slightly off of straight and go around the Chinese theater, you head back toward Toy Story Land. But if you go right in between them, there's this big movie studio arch and you head into a barren wasteland of of (laughs) strollers. Hey, Star Wars launch bay is back there, too. And you you wade through the strollers (laughs) to get to Star Wars launch bay. It's also called the animation courtyard. Oh, thank you. Because they used that used. Oh, that well, that used to be the start of the, the studio tour. Mm-hmm. was the Star Wars launch bay. I'm sorry, Eric. I don't mean to derail you. I just want to confirm for anybody listening, I'm looking at the satellite view of this area, and I was like, what is this giant group of people? And I realized that it is four double rows of strollers. <laughs> see? It, that's, that's all you'll see there is strollers and the occasional person, the occasional cast member moving them around, sweating in the hot, hot Florida sun. Uh, to your left, you see uh, the Little Mermaid show, which is which is nice, and there's a gift shop, which is okay. You've got the exit to One Man's Dream, uh, so people do. Uh, if people go to One Man's Dream, they will come out into the courtyard, and then they'll go. Ah, maybe I'll go to the launch bay and see if they have anything. And then there's a stage, the Disney Junior stage, that sometimes does stuff and doesn't do a whole lot of stuff <laughs> most of the time. Uh, What's above it is uh, what used to be the catwalk bar in the early days of the park, but is now a Club 33 lounge. And since I can't generally go there, you know, forget it. You know, tear it down. (laughs) Put Club 33 somewhere else. Just make a long corridor toward launch bay. There you go. So I can buy some some non-Batu-related shirts. (laughs) All right, Dan. Uh, by the way, Eric, one of my favorite things is to watch people is to watch the cast members move the strollers, because if you look in their eyes, you can see them imagining the impossible parents yelling at them for moving their precious strollers so they and what they will quick. say. They're like, uh, and you can, I feel like they can tell by looking at the stroller, like which parents are going to be especially ridiculous. But yes, my answer for those of you playing at home is Haunted Mansion Holiday. Get rid of that thing. It's awful. 
I, I it it was cute for the first couple of years, but now it needs to go. It's trash. It's a bad movie, and it gets it makes it so that the uh, actual haunted mansion that so many people love is not available for about six months out of the year. And I was going to say the Columbia, and I want to keep. I want to. I'm going to say that so that Teg doesn't have to change his response. So when the Columbia, I want to say bad words about that ship that ship and by the way i love it when people call it a pirate ship it actually makes me happy and i don't know why i hate that ride so much except for maybe i just love the mark twain as much as i do dan do you have a do you have a soapbox on on top of which you regularly stand to give such opinions i have uh dan hates the beatles that's kind of a soapbox sometimes <laughs> Yeah, check out check out the 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 haunted mansion episode of the Supreme Resort <laughs> if you really if you oh, enjoy no. cringe um, theater uh, on for, many levels. <laughs> you might need to listen to a few episodes beforehand to build up yeah. the, the feeling of tension that, yes. that was going on in that show. Yeah, the, our our first few episodes, our first year or so was a very different show. <laughs> and Eric, once again, thank you so much for joining our show. <laughs> I have so much fun with you all. <laughs> Uh, Tag, what do you think? Well, Eric, I, I just want to let our listeners know that Eric selected our guests for this week because they are not going to listen to us anymore because they have thrown under the bus Small World and Haunted Mansion Holiday, which <laughs> there are very strong uh, there support are bases that agree for with, with my crazy friends. <laughs> Sure. In, in fairness, um, I do think that they should open a dedicated Nightmare Before Christmas attraction at California Adventure. Okay, so I understand, Christy. It's a small world. Lots of people hate it's a small world. It's a song mostly. Teresa's husband hates it's a small world for that reason. He he will go on it exactly one time per trip, but look very irritated the whole time. Haunted Mansion Holiday, Dan. I will agree with you that it sticks around too long. That when you take into account how many months out of the year you can experience the actual attraction, how it was designed to be, is like only half the year. It's a little crazy. I will say I do love Haunted Mansion Holiday, though. However, what I wish they would be able to do, which is not possible, is I wish they would just duplicate the Haunted Mansion or the the layout, but make it Haunted Mansion Holiday like in before they were going to redo Toontown. Like back in Toontown, make that like like Nightmare Before Christmas Land or whatever, because people love Nightmare Before Christmas. I know you don't, Dan, but other people do. Um, And I still don't understand your Columbia thing, but I understand the love for the Mark Twain, so get that. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to actually alienate even more of our listeners, because I know there is a strong following, and that is going to be for the Autopia. I know people love it, but it takes up so much space in a park that does not have the space for it. I think the, the way to have this type of an attraction, but free up space is to maybe combine it with an idea like the People Mover, where if they redid Tomorrowland, you could have a highway in the sky, if you will, of... You could still self-drive. They'd be electric cars. You could drive it just like you would the Autopia, but it would be elevated and above the land, so you didn't have to take up any space, because you could have it go around and everything like the People Mover did. And so people, I think it would be quieter because it'd be electric because people hate the smell and the sound. And they're like, it's supposed to be Tomorrowland. We've got all these gas guzzling, whatever. Okay, fine. Get rid of that. Kids still get to drive. Parents will like it more because it's like, oh, at least I get a good view while I'm bopping around with my kid or whatever. And 
it still keeps the Autopia there in spirit, which people are like, Walt, you know, it's one of the opening day attractions, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I think that they should do. I also know that my beloved monorail would also have to be rerouted for them to be able to build things of consequence in that area that would be freed up by the uh, Autopia. Uh, I do think that that would be a great time to, this will never happen either, but make it like Disney World's monorail, have it, have it stop in the Esplanade, run it over to the parking structures, run it over to the hotels, run it over, if they could, run it over to the Toy Story parking lot. Just have it connect everything and have it be an actual mode of conveyance that isn't just a, an attraction. I want it to be more like Disney World. Never thought I'd say those type of words. But, oh, man. <laughs> but the monorail is kind of a toy at Disneyland. And I rode the monorail in Disney World and I was like, oh, I want this. I want <laughs> it, this. It's designed also, to bring people places. I also it want... What, 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 what is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, please stand clear of the doors. <laughs> the Spanish version that I always get wrong. I'm guessing when you say you want it to be more like Disney World, so you don't mean that you want the doors to like randomly open and no, while no, it's moving. I just want okay. them to be. I want the monorail to be a functioning part of moving people around the resort and not just like it's a fun attraction to ride sometimes. Yeah. All right. Well, another great round of discussion, which we've now, if anybody's still listening, we're moving on to our last <laughs> question from Christy. All right. Here we go. So, what is the top item on your Disney bucket list? You haven't done yet. All right, Eric, let's start with you. Well, I, I whetted my whistle at the last uh, my last trip to Disneyland, and thanks to Tom for helping us get into Club 33. I think we're allowed to say that. We went with our friend Tom. And we so we got into the dining room there, and now I want to do the rest. I want to do the lounge in Club 33 at Disneyland. I want to do Club 1901 someday across the way at DCA, and I want to do the Club 33s in Walt Disney World. I wrote down here, or whatever they're called, but they are called Club 33. They're just the two that I've seen before. They still have the same sort of door set up where there's the there's the kind of magic band style light up that it reads Club 33, and I've seen the ones in, in Hollywood Studios and the Magic Kingdom, but I haven't, I know approximately where they are in Animal Kingdom and Epcot. I just haven't gone really looking for them. Uh, but there is one in each park. I Now I got to see them all, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. There Collect go. them all. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the most exclusive restaurant at any Disney park. Exactly. You got to go to all of them. Right. Come right. on. It'll take a while. It took me, how old am I? It took me a while to get to the first one. Dan, where are you headed? I would love nothing more than to stay at the Grand Californian for, I don't know, maybe more than two nights. Just to get that full resort feeling, I usually stay at one of the murder clown motels, like on the other side of uh, <laughs> Harbor, uh, which they're fine. They're fine. And I just I, I I would love it. I would love to do that. And if anyone wants to sponsor this dream, they can purchase uh, the domain chapickshirt.com for like, I don't know, 5000 bucks or so. Email bigbobbychapes at gmail.com. <laughs> And Bob Chapek himself will forward that email to me. <laughs> what a nice guy. He's such yeah. a good sport. Oh, oh, it's Ch Chapes, by the way, with a Z. <laughs> oh, that's, yes. That's how we do things. Tag, what do you think? Oh, man. Well, Club 33, obviously, is is kind of like a pinnacle, right, of the, like like all the big Disney nerds know of Club 33. And I will say that I, if you have an elevation to your bucket list, just being number one, doesn't mean that much. But if there was like a large gap, 
you know, if it's like a race, right? And you come in, you know, on a marathon, like a half an hour before the next person, like there's a big gap, right? Before they did the remodel of the Disneyland Club 33, the gap between number one and number two on my Disney bucket list was a lot wider. And they redid it and they took out some of the things that made it really cool, I think. You know, they converted the elevator into a two-person booth to sit into and eat. And that just sure bothers me. Vintage but, elevator, yeah. Yeah, well, that bothers me. They also took away Court of Angels for everybody, which also bothers me. But, <clears throat> but yes, Club 33 uh, is up there. However... If our trip this year goes as planned, that should be knocked off my bucket list probably in May. And then a friend of the show who got Eric in may be the person who gets uh, Teresa and I in. But we also have a a backup. We We have like two people that can get us in. So we just have to like make it happen and schedule it uh beyond club 33 so after may i would say a vip tour because we did a whole interview with somebody who took a vip tour for dl weekly and it sounds amazing i my only concern with that is i don't think i could ever experience the park again as a normal person i would always have to get a vip tour and i'd be worried about that other things would be any type of a backstage tour anything that gets me backstage even though it just smells like garbage and looks dirty i still want to see the backstage because i'm that type of person what about you christy so i'm gonna steal yours too definitely club 33 was up there and since i got to go um in december it's definitely a vip tour but i want to do one with a bunch of friends like i want to do the maximum number of people we can do so like you said it would be an experience for everybody and not that i want to ruin the parks for anybody because you know once you fly first class it's really hard to go back to coach i get all of that but it's just something really fun to share with your friends and they're going to see stuff that you miss they're going to hear stuff that you miss and then sharing that memory with a whole group of people is always so much more special than just Oh, look, those two people are following that person in a plaid skirt. Yay. Good on you. So that's mine for sure. For sure. I have heard from like YouTubers that I follow and other things that what you're talking about with the like never wanting to do it the other way again, their take on it seems to be like, this was amazing. It was awesome. But it's like, it's so that you do so much in such a short amount of time that it's almost like a sugar rush. That when it's done, it's like, okay, that was awesome. I don't need to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, Yeah, that's good to hear. The person that came on and talked to us about it said that she she was like hardcore. They wanted to do attractions. That was their focus. That would not be my focus. My focus would be to take us around and show us and tell us about some like things that most people don't know about Disneyland kind of a thing and like give us some of the history and let's go on, you know, a few attractions, but it won't be like a marathon of attractions. She was smart because something I had not considered is the tours start at seven hours long and you can book them later or longer. Even if you're on the tour and you decide that you want to add hours to your day, you can do that, which is kind of cool. But she was hardcore. She said, I knew that I think she paid like four fifty an hour for their group to be on this. And she said, I knew we didn't want to sit and eat during that seven hours because why am I wasting time sitting here eating when we could be chauffeured around the park? So they ate breakfast right before they started their tour and their tour guide dropped them off for dinner and left them like at the end of the night with that. So um, perfect. that's something nice to think about. But 
like you said, Christy, if you have like ten, the max eight to 10 people, whatever it is, I think it's eight, 10, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, you could, that cost is like for the group. So it's not per person. So then what ends up happening is it ends up being way cheaper because you split it 10 ways or eight ways or whatever, instead of, you know, between like two people. If I ever became rich enough to be able to afford to do that often, I would literally just randomly pick people in the park of like, hey, you want to go on a VIP tour today just to fill out my oh, time? Like, awesome. Why not? That would, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, ultimate pay forward. Yeah. I have a, we have a, a supporter of DL Weekly who every trip, he just told us this every trip, and he goes fairly frequently. He will like go to the Dole Whip stand and he'll buy like a Dole Whip or he'll go to a churro cart and buy a churro. And he will pay for like two or three more and just be like, whoever, the next like three or four people that come up, just give them the, I'm paying for them. Oh, that's so cool. That's and cool. so yeah. like he, he kind of, you know, it's a small thing, right? That's not, an insane amount of money yet right but that's something nice and he said he feels really great about it i'm like you know dave's his name i'm like you know dave you really you really embody the disney magic and the disney spirit so very cool definitely well i guess that does it for this episode of the hub crawl we'd like to thank our guests christy that's me still real thanks everybody and you remembered that that's awesome and dan <laughs> i'm also still real and still cool but not as real and cool as a certain 10 year old i know oh that's nice. well hopefully <laughs> he or someone else and everyone else listening can join us next time where we continue to talk all things disney thanks everybody thanks everybody